Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. And we are gathered around this encouraging table because we want to let you know that we get it. (laughs) If you are contemplating marriage, if you are in marriage, or if you've been in marriage, it's a hard thing. And we understand. And we've had people request before, like, how do you keep holding on when all you want to do is walk away? Rachel, I think maybe we should talk about that because when you look at Facebook or social media, sometimes you can look at someone else's what seems to be perfect life and there's a lot of turmoil going on under the surface. And so I think today, maybe we just need to get real about some things about marriage and let's just talk about how we have a, a marriage that can sustain all of the circumstances that are going to be thrown at it. You know, I know what you're saying about social media is um, you, you tend to, or at least, you know, the, the people that I see online tend to not talk a whole lot about their marriages. You know, everybody has their own individual you know, social media account, and they tend to not talk a whole lot about their marriages until something great happens, right? You know, it's their anniversary, or, you know, the spouse does something really nice for her birthday, and she posts a pic about it. And so it's, you know, easy to think that everybody else is in a great marriage with a great relationship, and you're the only one, you know, who has these fights or has these frustrations, I'm currently um, doing some coaching right now with a local couple. They are both wedding photographers. They own a local wedding photography business. And so um, it's so fascinating to me. And one of the things that we're we're working on is their relationship. They have a good relationship, but like everybody, you know, they're two different people and they have different ways of approaching and different ways of communicating and um, they value different things. So um, it's been really fascinating to work with them and look at sort of their personality profiles and how they each show up in the in the relationship but it's interesting to me they spend every single week of their life at someone else's wedding Mm. They spend all of their time, and sometimes it's multiple weddings in one weekend, you know, especially through the summer season. And it's like, can you just imagine day after day after day seeing people at their absolute happiest, most in love, you know, in ultimate celebration of of their relationship and their love. And then you go home and -and so-and-so has not done the dishes or so-and-so did not, you know, unclog the toilet or so-and-so, you know, and you're just like, ah, um. So it's interesting to me to think about what it's like to work every day in someone else's bliss. Um, but then you come home to a, you know, 15-year-old uh, relationship with kids and mortgages and, and all of that stuff that um, gets in the way sometimes of, of your, your wedded bliss. Absolutely. And, you know, if we're honest, uh, there is no such thing as a perfect marriage. As a matter of fact... My husband says, it is the hardest thing you will ever do. It's harder than kids. It's just 
the hardest relationship you will ever have, and you have to fight for it. You have to fight for it if you want it to last, because there are so many things that are going to attack it. And we've seen that happening for years, for generations. There have been uh, divorces, and it's you know not just in the world; it's in our churches as well. And and I'm a you know that's my past. So there are things that I've learned from my former life that I don't want to bring into my wonderful life with my husband. We have been able to kind of pinpoint a few things that absolutely help us hold on. And I want to just, I want to start out by saying, and I know this, this sounds kind of cliche, but prayer, (laughs) you know, we, we talk a lot about prayer, but Without prayer, I would not be able to handle marriage. I know me. I'm very strong-willed. I'm a go-getter personality. And there are times when if I didn't have that quiet time, that alone time with God, and then my prayer time with my husband, I mean, that seems for us, it's a time when we can kind of be real and we don't feel like we're going to be judged if we're just saying, you know what, this is bigger than you and I, and we really need to pray about this. We just need to be gut honest and pray because Satan wants to take this and run wild with it, and we can't let that happen. So it's a, it's a choice that we make to just take things to the Father and Do we do it immediately, always? Absolutely not. And that's when we get in those moments when, you know, things get a little bit out of control and you just go, how did we get here? Even when we get past that first argument or that second argument or that 500th argument, we kind of keep it logged back there in the back of our brain. And when we have the next argument, all of that stuff from the first two, three, or 400 arguments come into play. And one of my favorite passages in that 1 Corinthians 13 says, love keeps no records of wrong. And wow, that is huge. Because when we finally pray, and my husband and I will say, okay, let's just Let's let this, let's get it out in the open. Let's talk about it. And then let's move on. And, and over the years, we've learned that that's going to happen. We're going to move on. So we've just looked at each other and says, why don't we just, not, let's not waste a lot of time moving on. Let's just get it out, talk about it, and, and have a fun day. So as we've gained... Um, knowledge of each other and how we both work, we're able to do that, but we've promised one another that we won't keep a record of wrongs. We won't tally, have a tally sheet that we bring to this new disagreement. We say, wait a minute, that, that we dealt with, you know, three months ago. Let's not deal with that again. My husband and I are are taking a trip to Ireland in a few weeks. We're very excited. We'll be um, 
presenting at a conference there. That's the reason for the trip. But we have not been on a vacation together in I don't know how long. And so we decided to add a few days to the front of our trip, to the front of the conference, to go and tour Ireland together. And I've been so excited about this. I am so excited to have a romantic vacation, just the two of us, for the last you know 19 years. We've been raising kids. So um, just the two of us in Ireland in October, this is going to be great. And so um, he left most of the trip planning up to me, and I was okay with that. And I would talk to him about the thoughts and the plans. And then I got everything booked, and I sent him all the information and forwarded him all the confirmations. This was many weeks ago. And then last week, he comes to me and he says, we have to change the flights. We're going to have to fly out a day later than we planned because I forgot I have something I'm supposed to do that Friday. I'm like, what? He's like, yes, I, I forgot I have something I have to do. And I'm like, whatever it is, I'm certain it could be rescheduled because we're going out of the country. <laughs> On a trip that's been planned for months, you know, the, the plane is leaving the ground. <laughs> uh, and he's like, nope, I, I need you. You know, I'm like, I don't even know if we can get it changed. You know, I didn't, our tickets are supposed, you know, they're the cheapest tickets are the non-refundable, non-changeable ones. And he's like, I need you to call and see. So I call to, to check with the airlines and um, it will cost us at least $700, maybe more to change those tickets to the next day. So... Uh, $700 is a lot of money. Plus, we lose 24 hours of our one and only trip to Ireland. So if you're tracking with me, I am thinking, oh, no, this is no, 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 no. <laughs> so then he's saying to me, no, no, I can't. I can't move it. And I'm like, oh, you can. Yes, you can. And you're going to. And he's saying, nope, nope, nope. You're going to pay the 700 and change those tickets. And so we, you know, we get into this argument over this because I feel like, you know, first of all, I feel like he's choosing whatever this other thing is. I feel like he's choosing it over a romantic vacation with me. Right. Mm -hmm, so that's mm -hmm. hitting me at the heart level. And then, of course, it's hitting me at the financial pocketbook level. It's a lot of money. And he's also shortening my, my European vacation. Um, so none of those things are great with me. Strike three, Rick. You're out. Uh-huh. And that's, that was my sentiment. And he was not seeing it that way. And as we, you know, as we're arguing about this, and I'm saying it's a lot of money. Um, and he, sa he says, listen, you've been in two car accidents in the last 15 years and I didn't complain about the money that it costs to have the cars fixed or the, the effects on our, our insurance rates either time. Oh, Lou, that's when I hit the oh, roof, right? Oh, that's not even apples and apples. It's that's not, but that's how we operate. And, and I've done that to him in arguments as well. But that's what we tend to do. We reach back to something else and we throw it at them. Um, mm -hmm. Right. And so that was the uh, that was supposed to hush me up. I have no right to argue about the seven hundred dollar plane ticket change because I was in an accident at some point and it cost us seven hundred dollars to fix the car or pay higher insurance for three years or whatever it was. Um, but that's what we do. And, and that did not go well um, in our house for a few days. And I had to come back to first Peter four eight. 
Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Mm. Because in response to that argument we had, I didn't want to talk to him. Like, I finally, I was like, fine, I will change the ticket. I will fly you in the day before the conference and I will take the Ireland vacation by myself. Like, this was my attitude. I was so mad. I, I was like, I don't, you know, I don't even want to go on a romantic vacation with you anymore. Um, <laughs> so, but that's what I had to come back around to is you've got to love each other deeply. If you can find your way into loving each other deeply, this whole issue about $700 and one day of your life, even if it's a day of your life in Ireland, th- that all gets covered over. Um, so, so that's what we did. And actually the compromise we made is we changed his ticket and not mine. That does mean I have to fly out by myself the first day and spend the first 24 hours there by myself. But that saves us um, a little bit of the fee because we're not changing my ticket as well. And he'll come the next day. But love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. And I Mm. have a multitude of sins and apparently a bad driving record. (laughs) (laughs) He has a multitude of sins and apparently does a bad job of of watching his schedule and books things when we're in Ireland. So we need, um, on the days, day in and day out, we need to love each other deeply so that Mm. when those multitude of sins arrive, um, we can cover over that. Well, here is something that... uh is underlying in all of that. Absolutely, love covers a multitude of sins. But underlying in all of that was the mixed expectations. And I think that's where a lot of marriages get in trouble because you are a lot like me in that you started expecting this to be that wonderful getaway that you haven't had for 19 years And all of a sudden, instead of just going to Ireland and catching a few extra days, it has now become a romantic... It's mystical with fairies and leprechauns and rainbows. and (laughs) (laughs) And we do that. We have a tendency to do that. They do it too, but girls seem to do it uh, to a major degree. But we start unloading our expectations and they have no idea they have no idea how much we have created this into uh, something more than it started out as and so the guys are expecting you know something totally different so I think the number one thing in marriage after prayer is communication I mean, clear communication, like, like Rachel, you are so much like me. You had the green light and you're like, good, I got this. I'm going over here and I'm going to get all of this stuff planned. But along the way, if, if the communication was clear and said, Hey Rick, I need you to understand where my brain is going with this. I know that that helps when I when I tell Dwight, and sometimes I have to tell him three or four or ten times because he doesn't hear the whole thing. I, I found that my husband will hear the first half of what I'm saying, and then he goes off into Never Never Land. And so if I want anything important said to him, I get it all up in the first 
three sentences, and then I expand after <laughs> that. Like yes. a news article, right? <laughs> All the important information up front, and then you can unpack it. Exactly. I mean, that just happened. That just happened this morning. I was telling him about something, and he said, well, I didn't know that. I said, honey, do you remember this conversation that we had, the exact conversation we had four days ago? And I said, this, this, and this. And he said, I don't remember that. And I said, well, I will admit that it was the last half of the conversation. So I'm sure you were staring off at the fish at that point or something. And he started laughing and he was like, you're right. I do trail off. I mean, and, it, and guys will admit that. They will admit they trail off when we're telling them something. So I've learned to speak more in bullets to my husband, get the important stuff up front, but to have a continual touching base kind of communication with him so that he doesn't feel out of the loop, but he doesn't get bogged down with all the details. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, and, and it goes back to, too, what I was saying earlier. You're largely in charge of what kind of marriage you have. Um, even though it takes two, you're much more in charge of, of the relationship and the quality of it than you tend to think. Because I, what I did was I, what, what I made that mean. The problem was, yes, I had built up these expectations and yes, Rick didn't realize that the trip meant this much to me, but also what I had made that mean. He was choosing this over me. Mm -hmm. And we now we're not going to have the wonderful vacation. We are going to have it. We'll just have one less day of it, but we're still going to have it. So it's all the things that we make it mean in our head. And often, as you point out, those things aren't ever communicated. Right. And then we have the choice to make going back to what first Corinthians 13 says, let's not keep a record of the wrong, because if we keep the record of the wrong that he in your mind was doing at that moment, you won't even enjoy the time you do have together because you're still going to be fuming over the wrong. Right. And that is what I realized after about two days of, of moping. <laughs> I was like, okay, I can either let this quote unquote ruin that first day that we're not going to be together, or I can let it ruin the entire trip because I'm just mad the whole trip through because this happened. And so, you know, I just decided, you know, I'll go the day before I can figure that out. I'm a capable woman. I will go see the cliffs of mower. I will be sad that Rick doesn't see them with me but he's going to see everything else with me and we're going to have a great time. The next verse or a couple of verses later in 1 Corinthians 13 says, love always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. And I want to, I want to focus in on that always protects because when you look at the, the Greek words around that, they really mean like if you had an overcoat and you were walking through a thunderstorm with someone, you, you would take off your overcoat and wrap it around them so that they would be protected. You, you don't want them to walk through that storm alone. You want to make sure that they're completely covered and protected from the elements of life. And so when we go through this, these little 
arguments that can just bust out of the out of the borders you know they can become just something crazy and you look back later and you go what did what started that i don't even remember why we were so upset but if we take the time to go you know what i'm going to protect right now and i had some great advice from a friend years ago that said never never talk negatively about your husband to anyone always just go to your husband and talk about the things that are bothering you but don't go talk to someone else and i think of that's protecting that's protecting him and protecting our relationship and then he can say wow she really loves me she really respects and won't talk negatively about me and so those things then allow you to have that perseverance you know it's really hard when when things get ugly it's hard to stick it out and i am one that's always been that fight or flee and i've always just been like i'm out of here i'm checking out but but i'm fighting for my marriage now and i am going to stick it out even in the ugly times and go okay god i want to live out this always trusting always hoping always persevering and so today as we're talking about marriage i want to encourage you that you can do this thing and it's hard we're not going to lie there's a lot of things in it that can be tough to get through but the number one thing i tell my kids you know the prayer piece is critical but then treat them like you did when you were dating i mean remember back and say why did i fall in love with them to begin with what made me go head over heels for that person and then try to go on the dates and continue to woo one another and fall in love again hmm i love that and and you know i think that's um a powerful exercise to think back to when you were first when you first met when you first dated when you first got married and um, try and get back in touch um, with those qualities in your spouse because they're probably still there um, that you loved so much and and I think that will help us to love each other deeply um, to to reconnect with that and you know I'm trying to love Rick very deeply between now and um, and when my flight leaves so that I don't um, get on that plane by myself and let all of that come back up again and feel like I'm alone or feel like I'm abandoned or feel like he chose something over me. So yeah, between now and then, I'm very aware that I need to love him deeply um, and and keep a lid on all these feelings that have already been dealt with, already been taken to the cross and not let them come back up. I just want to um, leave us with Proverbs 30. Uh, verses 18 and 19 because this is one of my favorite verses and Rick would give an amen to this it says there are three things that amaze me no four things that I don't understand how an eagle glides through the sky how a snake slithers on a rock 
how a ship navigates the ocean, and how a man loves a woman. Oh, I love that. I love that. Oh, so today we want to just wrap this up and say marriage is hard. It's probably the hardest thing you'll ever do, but it is the most fulfilling thing you can experience as well. Be patient with one another. Be patient because, my friend, none of us are perfect. May the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others, especially your spouse. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time. 